0: We know that more of 10% of men and women without an illness or without a disability uh, are reporting having at least some challenges where sex is concerned. And although we know that study says and indicate that people with MS report more problems with sexuality than people who don't have MS, we have to keep in mind that everyone is different. MS is different in every person, and we have to keep in mind that okay, uh, MS can interfere directly and indirectly with sexual function.
1: This is Let's Talk MS, the podcast of youth living with MS. Let's Let's Talk talk MS. MS!
2: Welcome to Let's Talk MS, a podcast series created by Young Minds for Young Minds and proudly presented to you by the European Multiple Sclerosis Platform. I'm Simina Peterfi and I'll be your host for today. In this podcast series, we are about to unpack the intricacies of living life as a young adult while navigating challenges that come with multiple sclerosis, or MS for short. From dating to nutrition or dealing with the MS stigma, we're about to navigate it all through expert insights and personal stories. Today, we're kicking off with a steamy and much-needed discussion about how MS impacts your sexuality. Yes, you heard that right. We're about to dive into a very candid conversation. But before we dive straight into it, let me introduce you to our guests. First, we have Moira Gigica, the president of the Hellenic Federations of Persons with Multiple Sclerosis, a psychologist, a researcher on topics of sexuality, um, and a great friend of EMSP. Would you like to say hello? Hello
0: to everybody. I'm glad that I'm here and uh, I'm glad that you're doing this uh, podcast, this series of podcasts about uh, sexuality, not only (laughs) as
2: I had. Thank you very much, Mina, for your uh, call to participate in this. Thank you. We're glad to have you here. Um, Our next guest is Vivi Vesala. She's a young person living with MS from Finland. Would you like to say hi?
3: Hello and thank you. I'm happy to be here and so excited about this.
2: Cool, we're happy to have you as well. And lastly, we have Nadia Stonevic
1: from Serbia. Hi everyone, very happy to discuss this topic today and thank you for inviting us all. Thank you.
2: To start it right off, I will turn to our expert guest, Moira, um, can you give us an overview of how MS impacts our sexuality? Yes, uh, but before that, I will say that uh, difficulty with sexuality
0: is quite common not only in people uh, having uh, MS. In fact, we know that more of 10% of men and women without an illness or without a disability uh, are reporting having at least some challenges where sex is concerned. And although we know that study says uh, and indicate that people with MS report more problems with sexuality than people who don't have MS, we have to keep in mind that everyone is different. MS is different in every person and we have to keep in mind that, okay, uh, MS can interfere directly and indirectly with sexual function and it can affect sexual feelings, sexuality itself, and uh, it can interfere directly and indirectly with all of these things. I don't know if you want me to say about... um, the levels that uh, sexuality can be disturbed uh, and doubted uh, because of MS. We have uh, the primary, the secondary and the tertiary level of uh, sexual dysfunction in MS and we have a lot of data concerning all these levels. I must uh, insist of uh, talking about the primary sexual effects, which is the direct effects from the central nervous system. And they directly, uh, problems referred to as secondary and tertiary sexual effects. But I, I suppose that we can talk about all these things uh, during our
2: conversation. Yeah, thank you. Um, and you are very, very right. I often talk to my friends that are not living with mess about sex because it definitely affects us in something uh, we young people are very caring about. Um, Nadia, would you have something to add on to what was being said?
1: Um, Well, talking from my personal experience, I've had MS now for two years, and it definitely affected some areas of my sex life. Uh, And I'll talk about the examples more but definitely when my central nervous system is nervous that my sex is not okay and my sex drive is bad and so it it has such a big impact uh, on our lives and we have to constantly remind ourselves that it's okay that we feel in a certain way and that we we feel or do not feel our orgasm sometimes because that can happen like numbness of our private parts can happen and how do you explain that and how do you navigate that and um, yeah I would just say that it, it is important to to talk about this and I'm very happy to be here today to discuss this uh, with all of you.
2: Can you maybe give us some examples of the coping mechanisms you have discovered
1: while dealing um, with the challenges? It's all about choosing the right partner because the, the the previous partner I was with, I, I, I was feeling bad with him and so my nervous system would react in a way that It didn't want me to be sexual with him. And so it numbed certain parts of my body and it kind of gave me a signal, hey, your body doesn't want to feel this or your body doesn't want to experience this. But then with the right sexual partner where I feel more relaxed and I can communicate my needs and everything, then my central nervous system is like, okay, go girl. (laughs) It gives me like a green light and it doesn't stop me in anything. So I think it's how we perceive ourselves versus the other person. It's the image of us as a being and not a patient. You know, we, because we often perceive ourselves as a patient because we are battling an illness and we do not see ourselves as a sexual people. And I think when we, te- when I manage to balance out my, okay, I need to, you know, work on myself and my illness, and I need to work on my other needs that are really also important in my everyday life as sex, then if I, man- when I manage to balance out, the image of me as a patient and being ill, and the image of me being a woman that has a needs, then I'm, uh, I ha- I can do it all. But it's just about the balance. Sometimes you have bad days, sometimes you have good days. It's, it's normal. It's yeah. normal.
2: I fully agree, and uh, I will quote you on that. I will quote you on that. Seeing yourselves as people and not patients. Uh, but I wanted to ask because I think it's quite difficult if you are diagnosed at as a at a young age, like people with MS are, to then realize that it is really between the connection that you have with the person and not necessarily what you feel inside. So how did you realize that it was about the partner and how you felt with the partner, and it wasn't about you?
1: Well, my body gave me signals. (laughs) It was clear signals from my body even though I wanted that relationship to work, my body was not feeling okay. And when I, I had to go to a psychologist and talk to someone and see why am I, because my neurologist, for example, didn't take some of my symptoms as, as serious as my psychologist did, because the psychologist takes in mind your emotions, your feelings, some things many neurologists don't. Uh, and when he t- when we made a connection between my feelings and my symptoms and what my body is telling me, it was clear to me that I was not happy in that relationship. And I couldn't see it by myself. I could only see, OK, my illness is getting bad. This is going, you know, I couldn't I couldn't see I needed ha- help or someone to take in mind my feelings as something that can cause some symptoms to, to arise. And, and that is for me, I think for people for MS to understand is your nervous system reacts to your emotions and to your feelings a lot. I mean, when you're nervous, your body feels it even if you don't because sometimes people block out the stress somehow but your body still feels it and so when I finally opened up to my psychologist and we made a connection between my symptoms and what my body was feeling and telling me um, I got up out of the better relationship and focused on myself and then found a partner that is now younger and is fun. <laughs> we're very happy to hear.
2: And um, yeah, I, I can tell that it's been a journey. So we're happy you are in a happy place. Um, Moira, would you like to add on to this?
0: Yes, because uh, I heard uh, Nadia and I totally agree with her. Yes, it's all about uh, the partner, the communication. How do you feel about your body? Of course, our bodies are sending signals that something... Is uh, different now with a mesh, but first of all, uh, I must say that it's also the other way around. Yes, uh, when we feel stressed, when we when we don't uh, have a good relationship, our body is giving us uh, some uh, different signals than before. But it's also the uh, the other way. When we have a mesh. We have some problems. We have some disturbances regarding our sexual function because our central nervous system reacts not only to our emotions. Our emotions react to our uh, central nervous system. I must say that sexuality uh, is uh, is made possible uh, to express because of our sexual arousals. Uh, our Our central nervous system makes sexual arousal possible. The brain, our sexual organs, and other parts of our body are sending messages to each other along uh, our nerves that run through the spinal cord. And all the MS-related damages to these nerve fibers can directly impair our sexual feelings or our sexual responses in the same way that damages in the central nervous system can affect our ability to walk, to see, to hear, to think, to react. And just as other aspects of MS, sexual problems can arise at any time with any partner. Also, if we have an understandable partner, it's on our side first to understand our uh, symptoms, what causes our symptoms, and then passes to the other person. Okay. I don't know... If I'm uh, (laughs) a little bit more uh, like uh, a doctor talking, but uh, from my side of you, it's not only the other person.
2: First of all, it's ourselves. And now my question is, I am a control freak, I'll have to share. How do we ensure that we calm our body so that we enjoy pleasure? Because like, this seems like we have to control a lot of things. We have to take care of ourselves, our emotions, our external factors, not to stress too much and talk to our partners at the same time. And this might seem like a lot for someone to handle. It is. It is a lot. From my side of you, it is a lot.
0: But uh, if I could recommend something, I would say stop trying to control everything. You don't have to control it. You have to uh, see it, understand it, And not try to control it. Because this is uh, the first bet that you have with this disease. Stop controlling. Yeah. Don't do that. I'll try to remember that. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. Yes, okay. I can understand that our bodies are changing okay our feelings are changing maybe we have uh, altered uh, genital sensations like numbness pain hypersensitivity uh I had from nadia uh, a difficulty to get uh, uh, an orgasm am I right nadia
3: mm-hmm.
0: okay yes yeah and uh, if we had a guy in uh, our company maybe he would have a difficulty or inability to ejaculate or to have an er- to get an erection Uh, For us the women, uh, maybe there's a problem of uh, vaginal lubrication or clitoral engorgement. Okay, we know all these things, but not everyone has it. Not everyone has it all the time. It's all about controlling our central nervous system. Stop doing that. You don't need to do that. Just relax, hear your body and let uh, nature do uh, his or her or its uh, job. Uh, It knows how to react. And if it doesn't work, we can find another way. I'll say
2: about that uh, afterwards. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it's about trying to relax and identify exactly how we feel. Because I also think that sometimes we jump to, okay, I need this solved, but we don't really know exactly what we need solved. So it's more about focusing on truly finding out how we're feeling and what are the, the things we're actually dealing with. Uh, Vivi, mm. is there something um, that has affected your diagnosis? Um, is there anything that affected your relationship and your uh, intimacy?
3: You know, uh, <laughs> all the YPN people know that I'm like the crybaby. But I think that that's mostly because I have became like more sensitive and now, when Moira um, men, uh, mentioned about the um, like, hi, what was the like about the sensitivity or something? But I think that uh, for in my case, I think that like I like I, the only problems that I have are mostly during the act because my like my feet are cramping and my body's cramping from some point. But then, like I am more sensitive nowadays. Like I'm crying more often, I'm laughing more often, and I'm more, you know, sexually active, hopefully. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're feeling more, if I could yeah, yeah. conclude it, yeah. which is nice. Then we can jump on to another aspect of sexuality, and that is self-esteem and body image. And I would like to turn again to Moira and ask her, how does MS impact our self-esteem and body image? And what are the strategies that individuals can use to boost their self-esteem?
3: Okay,
0: uh, well, I'll start with uh, self-esteem. First of all, we have physical changes. Everyone may have uh, physical changes. Men can cause uh, physical symptoms such as. Um, Muscle weakness, fatigue, mobility issues, and changes in appearance. These changes can lead to feelings of self-consciousness and reduce self-esteem, especially if they affect a person's ability to perform daily tasks or engage in activities they once enjoyed. As MS progresses, some individuals may become more dependent on others. For assistance on daily tasks, and this shift in roles and increased reliance on caregivers or A loved one, a loved person, can challenge a person's sense of independence and self-worth. All these things, uh, plus the unpredictability of the disease, because uh, some of us have periods of remissions and some uh, may have a relapse, can lead to anxiety and uncertainty about the future, which which can negatively impact self-esteem. Who can say that uh, he or she is uh, happy to having a mess? I suppose no one. But Here comes the impact that MS has in a body image. Okay. Some of people may need to have an assistant for uh, their mobility issues, Uh, mobility aids, such as witchers, or um, I don't know the word uh, in English, please, uh, someone help. Again, yes, again. Thank you very much. Some will have uh, visible symptoms like uh, muscle spams. Uh, All this can affect how individuals perceive their bodies and how they believe others perceive them. And who wants uh, a person in a a wheelchair for a a relationship? I'm just asking because most of us recognize that, okay, I need someone to, to spend the rest of my life with him or her, but. I have some uh, issues. I need him or her to be tall, uh, blonde, with uh, gray eyes, with uh, blue eyes. Uh, But no one is going to tell you that I'm dreaming the best, the ideal partner in a wheelchair or with a cane or with someone uh, who needs assistance to walk. Or to get out of the bed. So, you know, all these things, when something like a mess is happening to our lives, are changing the way we think about ourselves as sexual beings. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but if I am having a special uh, representation of my mind that... uh, um, for uh, I can uh, talk for myself that I'm a woman. I'm a cis woman. I, I think that a cis woman may, uh, should be uh, two, th- five, ten things. But in these things, ten things, there's no wheelchair. There is no cane. There is no MS. There is no catheter. And I, don't, I cannot think something else. But uh, all these things are okay. altering the way I'm thinking about myself, about my body. And what happens when I'm in an intimate relationship with someone? How can I feel about myself? And how can the other person see me as a sexual being when uh, 10 uh, minutes earlier, before uh, uh, sexual uh, (laughs) intercourse, they have to put a catheter? Hmm? Just think about that. All these things are making uh, self-acceptance very difficult and they lower self-esteem.
2: Yeah, that is very, very true. And while you were talking, I was thinking of what Nadia said earlier, that it's also about finding the right partner. And I know that um, I don't have MS, but I've had an MS episode. That's what my neurologist called, um, Mm -hmm. called it as. And I remember I was thinking, oh, wow. I might be ending up in a wheelchair. And now the way I think about my future partner is I'm really looking for someone that will be able to push my wheelchair when, if that will be the case when I will be 60. And really it changed the way I think about life. Before finding the right partner, I would say, find
0: yourself. If we can expe- uh, accept accept our condition and its limitations in every aspect of our lives, we have made an important step toward our self-esteem. Yeah, accepting first. Don't expect for from the others to accept you if you don't
1: accept yourself first. Uh, Nadia, do you have something to add? <clears throat> yeah, I want to talk about body image because the first thing that changed on me was my face. Um, and I immediately thought, oh my God, I, if I never fix this, If I ever have a wedding, I will not have a beautiful wedding photo because I cannot smile nicely. And that to me was like, and even with a partner I have right now, I don't talk about my face. Obviously, he can see it, but I don't want to. It's still new, so I don't talk about it like it. It's it doesn't exist in the conversation but I sometimes I feel oh my god he's gonna find someone that can smile really nicely and that's not me and it can cause problems to for my self-esteem sometimes but when I'm okay with my face I'm just like okay that it doesn't exist that's not the problem that I have with the with finding a partner it's me (laughs) it's not my face (laughs) Um, and have
2: you have you found any coping mechanism? I mean, to be honest, I think for your wedding day you can find the
1: right angles and your partner likes you and your partner, partner, likes, uh, you <laughs> and your partner uh, likes you the way you are. Um uh, my coping mechanism is well with this new partner, I don't talk about my face. Because if we were to talk about it, I think I would feel even worse that I'm feeling right now. So that's my coping mechanism. Yeah, but you're
2: afraid of what he's. You're afraid yeah. to find out how he's
1: feeling. Yeah, because it's new. It's new, and I don't want to the MS to be. I mean, we talk about it, but we don't talk about my face especially. But we talk about MS in general, so it's fine. Vivi, you wanted Terrible. to add something.
3: Yeah, it was like, I understand that, like, why Nadia doesn't want to, because if you say it out loud, then it becomes an issue. You know, it's not like, it's, I understand, like, definitely, I do understand. But, uh, if you say, kind of, if you say it I and mean, it, like, it may be, like, it's something that you always kind of, like, know that it exists.
2: Yeah, and then you have to tackle it as well.
3: Yeah. I know.
2: That's. (laughs) I know my uh, therapists usually say, no, have that conversation. But especially when you have to deal with so much at uh, 20, 30, it was like, okay, yeah, but I don't want to open that can of worms. So then I'm asking, how do we end up opening that can of worms?
0: As a person uh, dealing with MS every day, I would suggest eight strategies to boost our self-esteem. First of all, uh, we must have self-acceptance. We must recognize that MS is a part of our life, but it, adno- but it does not define us as a person. If we accept our conditions and its limitations, I said that before to, when I was talking to Nadia, uh, is an important step toward improving our self-esteem. Second of all, we have to be uh, positive and have positive self-talk with ourselves. If we challenge negative self-talk and replace it with positive affirmations, we can remind ourselves about our strengths, our accomplishments, and the things that that make us unique. Of course, we can seek support from uh, our therapists or or, uh, uh, some support groups if if, uh, we have in our um, cities, in our societies uh, that we're living in. And, uh, with sharing our experiences with others who understand us, can provide us emotional support and strategies for coping with self-esteem issues. We must focus on our abilities. We must concentrate on what we can do, rather of what we cannot do. And I heard you, Nadia, about your smile, but you have a very uh, beautiful face. Not only a beautiful smile, but you are beautiful as a person. Celebrate your achievements, no matter how small they are or how small we think they are, and we must set realistic goals to maintain a sense of, a sense of accomplishment. We must of course maintain a healthy lifestyle and uh, talk with our doctors and have our medications. Uh, we must educate ourselves and learn uh, about the mess, how to manage the mess, and what are the available resources we can gain of. And, of course, we can involve our loved ones, our partners, our relatives. We can communicate openly with our families, our friends, about uh, our feelings, about our, our needs, our uh, fears. Most of people who love us can offer support and understanding. And if we involve, involve them in our journey, they can be with us. I don't know if uh, all of this or some of this can be uh, in help of boosting our self-esteem when, we, when someone lives with MS, but why don't we try some?
1: Hmm? We'll certainly
2: try some. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> and I would like to end on that, that MS is a part of our lives and it does not define us. And we should just continue, continuously learn about MS and also try to connect with ourselves, with the partners around us and with any association that might be there. Um, now, in closing, I would like to play a quick game. It's called rapid Q&A to get us excited for the end of the episode. Um, I'll be shooting some questions at you and you have to say something that pops, the first thing that pops into your mind. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Definitely coffee. <laughs> coffee. <laughs> coffee in and over here. Um, ice cream or chocolate? That's a hard one. And you cannot choose both. Chocolate. Ice cream. Ice cream. I would also choose ice cream. Best advice you've received about managing a mess in relationships?
1: Mm. Oh, this is a hard one. It's not a rapid question. Um, I would say, uh, as Dr. Mora has said, definitely talk openly about it. And be yourself, because you're more than just your MS. And I think that was one of the best advices I got. Beautiful.
3: Yeah. Um. For me, it was probably like, okay, you're perfect just the way you are, and you need to believe it. And then just always remember that the cards has been dealt, and you need to play with it.
2: Nice. When you said that, I heard heard the the song. With your beautiful just the way you are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For me, the first thing that comes in my mind uh, from this question is that uh, don't stop trying. Don't
2: isolate. Just keep trying. Connect. And now a bit of a longer question, but I have a, a question for the members of our Young People's Network, or YPN, um, what is the best part of being a part of a network of young people with MS?
1: Well, I'll start. The best part is me and BB exchanged hundreds of voice messages yesterday talking about this subject, preparing for the podcast. And I think that's while sharing, we overshared some of our experiences and then you get the advice back. And that's, I think that's the best part of it. Being able to overshare on some topics you wouldn't talk about with other people that don't have MS.
3: And you, yes. Um, no, well, definitely, people like our like our conversation yesterday. It was great because it is it is like that. Like you cannot talk about these things with someone um, you know who doesn't have MS. You know, it's 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 the vibe. It's the it's vibe. A vibe. Yeah. it's <laughs> a different level of
2: understanding. And now, let me turn this question to Moira. What's the best part about working with young people or hearing young people's stories?
0: First of all, I'm jealous because I'm not so young anymore. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> no, 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 that was a joke. Your soul. soul is young, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the best uh, part of this is uh, the connection uh, that young people have between them. Uh, the exchange of uh, information. Yes, I love you also. Yeah, <laughs> And uh, I feel very blessed talking with young people and uh, exchange ideas, fears, hopes, dreams and all these things I'm blessed I am beautiful
2: yeah we want to talk amongst ourselves first of all because we learn from others experiences but we also want to be heard so it's good to know that we are heard by everybody in the MS community Um, now in in closing I want to read you a snippet of a podcast I stumbled upon while I was on social media the other week. So the episode was exactly about what it's like to be in your 20s and 30s. Um, And that's a period of time where we really ask ourselves, what should I do with my life? Should I travel the world? Should I stay home, focus on my career? Um, Should I rent or should I buy a house? Or will I ever be able to buy a house in this economy? Um, Should I get married? Should I start a family or should I stay single? So there are a lot of questions popping in my head. And while I was listening, I was resonating with with the with the podcast hosts Uh, but i was also thinking that at the same time somebody gets diagnosed with ms while they're 20 and 30 and on top of all of this they also have to learn how to navigate their life now with ms not being defined by it by accepting it And that is exactly why we started this podcast, to tackle some of the challenges. And I am very, very glad to have experts as well as young people that have lived through their experiences and are ready to share. So thank you for being the guests on our episode. Before we go, I also want to have a special thanks to our listeners. Stay tuned for even more engaging conversations in the future and follow us on our Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts at EUMSYouth. Until next time.